What would make your Shabbos even better? A good Devar Torah? A great story? A stimulating halakhic question? How about all three? Here's Rabbi Yoni Sonnenblick, LCSW. Enjoy the podcast. Good Erev Shabbos. Parshas Baloscha. And uh, we have the Chavetz Chaim. Start with the Dvar Torah. It says, Ya'ish Moshe Anav Ma'od Mikola Adam Asher Apne Adama. And Moshe was the most humble person um, in the world that was on the ground. It says interesting words, Asher Apne Adama. Just say he was the most, uh, the most humble person out there. And the, uh, the Chavetz Chaim brings the Sefri and the Yalkut that says, yeah, Moshe was more of an Anav than anybody on the ground and not more of an Anav than the Malachim. So when it says on the ground, it's coming to sort of uh, exclude the Malachim. And that's why we're saying that he was an Anav compared to people on the ground. And the Chavaz Chaim says, he says, the truth is, how could it be? It's really a, it's a Pella, he says, that somebody takes Kal Yisrael out of Mitzrayim, he takes them through Kriyas Yamsuf, he receives the Torah. How could it be that a person like that could be so humble? And he says, the idea is that a person, a person's chiv, a person's obligations of how high he strives for, uh, it's each person according to what he understands he could do and what he's capable of and what others are capable of. And he says, you know, the fact that Moshe went up to Shemayim to receive the Torah, that put him on an entire different level of who he compares himself to. So anybody who hasn't seen that, so they say, okay, if I'm a pretty good guy in this area, then, I, then I'm, I'm a good guy. And, and that's all I need to, to expect of myself. But Moshe Rabbeinu, he went up to Shemayim, okay? And he saw what the Malachim are. And he says, I, you know, I have this, I have, I, have, I have to be like them. And so, yeah, com- you know, comparing to everybody uh, on the ground in the world, so yeah, he's just, uh, he, he's clearly way better. But because his standards had changed, because he had seen something bigger and better. So therefore, he expected greater of himself, and he wasn't impressed with himself. He was an onov. So I, I think this is a, just a fascinating idea to, uh, to pick apart a little bit. Um, you know, especially how much we, we expose our children to, <clears throat> ourselves to. There's been, uh, you know, there was a whole movement of uh, art scroll biographies um, and then there was, there was like an anti-movement. There's a movement, oh, we shall learn about Gedolim. And there's an anti-movement where people said, it's enough. You know, I, I learned about Gedolim, and now I feel like a loser. Every time I, every time I hear a story about a Gadol, I just feel like, uh, <laughs> what could I accomplish? What, 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 what am I doing? And certainly there's a, there's a balance. There's a balance to, to have where you're, you're impressed with yourself, but at the same time, you never feel like, like you've done enough. And this seems to be what, what Moshe experienced. That Moshe, on the one hand, he knew all the amazing things he did. Mm. On the other hand, he put himself 
on, uh, on an entirely different sort of expectation. And this is, uh, you know, this is what seeing what's out there, again, if it doesn't ruin your self-esteem, uh, what it has the opportunity to do for any of us is to sort of say, wow, I, I should probably stay humble. Uh, there's, there's so much, uh, <clears throat> so much more to accomplish. And that was how Moshe was able to uh, experience this. Um, yeah, there's a story, I remember a story hearing that, that there was uh, a father uh, who, who lived in some small town and his daughter got married to a real hush of a guy and he said, I want you to come learn in the kolel over here. And this guy was uh, from, from Lakewood, from Brooklyn, somewhere. And <clears throat> he was, uh, he came, he was steiging away, he was learning, he was incredible. And slowly, slowly, he started doing a little bit less, started coming a little bit later. Uh, and after some time, he, he was maybe not what he used to be. And the, the father-in-law came up with his son-in-law and he said, no, you know, what's going on? And the son-in-law said, uh, what do you mean? I'm, I'm, I'm still the best guy here, you know? And father-in-law said, I didn't want the best guy here. I wanted the, the best guy, uh, <clears throat> the best guy in Lakewood uh, to remember where he came from. So uh, without going into uh, whether or not a father-in-law should ever say that to son-in-law, of course, uh, does not seem like a great idea. But the idea behind it definitely rings true is that, you know, this person being in that smaller area sort of lost his, uh, his relationship to how high he had been uh, trying to achieve in the past. Uh, so that's, that, is, that is that. A story. This is a story from, uh, from this great uh, book from the Magidim of yesteryear. It's an art scroll book. And... Uh, tells the story of Rav Dunish of Tells. Um, he was a very rich man, and uh, even through the time of the Russian Revolution, he was able to keep his money. And actually, it says over here that he was the, the Zaidi of Rav Gifter and Rav Sarotskin, so uh, founders of Tells Yeshiva. So obviously, he was uh, he great zechusim, and, and he's a great person. And he <clears throat> says that... Um, Shalom Shajan said the following story that when the altar of Navardic would come for donation to this Rav Dunish, Rav Dunish would basically open up his safe and tell the altar, take whatever you want. And, you know, whatever you feel is appropriate. Um, one time, a, a, another Talmud Chacham came and he, he, he came and, he, and he, he asked for money and the Rav Dunish gave him, gave him some money. Um, but much less than he had asked for. And this Talmud Chacham was a little bit disappointed. He had the, uh, he had the chutzpah to say, I, I don't understand, you know, it, it's known about you that when the altar of Navarra comes, you, you let him take whatever he wants. And me, you sort of, uh, you cut me down. And you didn't, you didn't give me that same treatment. So he says, um, <clears throat> he says, well, you know, here's, here's how I see it. Um, before you came, you dressed up in a suit. And your kids said, well, what are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm dressing up. I'm going to meet uh, Dunish. And he said, well, why? What do you, you know, what's going to be? Why do you have to dress up? So, well, he's a man. He has, you know, he has a lot of money. And, uh, you know, when, I, when, I, when you came in, 
uh, you sat down, you waited for me to sit down, and you waited for me to start speaking, right? And you, you had such derech eretz for me. And I ask myself, why do you have such derech eretz for me? And my only answer is, because I'm going to give you a check, because of my money. So you showed me that my money is so important. Why should I give it away? <laughs> you, you gave me this, this feeling that, that, that my money is, uh, is, is, is what I'm all about. What gives me all the honor I have. And so I'm not so ready to part with it when I interact with you. He says, when, when the altar of Navarda came in, comes in, he said he, he walked in, before he even received any uh, permission to, to enter or anything, he sat down on my couch and he started singing a song about me. And he, and he said, and this is how the, the altar of Navardic was known, uh, this yeshiva was known, he says, he started singing, Danish, Danish, you know, what's going to become of you? What are you besides your money? Like, new, what's going to be? And he says, he, he, didn't, he, he didn't make such a big deal of the fact that I have money. I see that by him, my money isn't such a big deal. So I, so I gave him access to it. Because he didn't make me feel like the only thing that is uh, important about me is my money. He actually was being tovey on me that I need to find things about myself outside of my money. He showed me my money's not so important. And uh, I mean, this is, a, this is a wonderful story because, uh, in my mind, because, you know, I think that a lot of us, maybe uh, parents, Rabbeim, Rashi Yeshiva, whoever else, we are... You know, we say one thing, but, but we, we show the other thing. You know, we say that all we care about is learning and Torah, and that's all that matters. And, uh, and, and then we give over a different impression. We give over the, the, the different impression when we show that what's really important to us is the donations we're going to get, um, is, is talking about money, talking about how to make more money, spending more time at work. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a delicate balance, again, a delicate balance to try to show, uh, of course, not to, to put anyone down and say mm. that when somebody gives a donation, it is amazing and incredible. And, uh, you know, Nadive Amim are, are uh, very important people to celebrate. But at the same time, to not make it over the top where the only thing we celebrate, it seems, or feels sometimes, uh, the impression we can give over is, yeah, the person who gave money is, uh, is what matters. And so this story uh, of Rav Dunish is, uh, is, is a great story. And uh, yeah, really appreciate that. Okay. So now let's go into a Shiloh, really fascinating Shiloh uh, from Rav Zilverstein. And it actually starts with a, an amazing story of Ashkach Pratis, and then we'll go into the Shiloh. Um, and this is found in the Chashuge Chemen in Bava Metziah. Stories as follows. <clears throat> Someone's living in America and he gets a call from London where his mother was living. <clears throat> he gets a call that his mother, uh, who is elderly, has passed away and he's super sad and he's not going to make it in time for the Leviah. And so, fine, they make plans and, and that's that. She's obviously torn apart. Um, two, three days later, he gets a call um, from none other then his mother, and his mother calls and says, how you doing, your uncle? And he says, what? Like, you know, Mechayim Eisim. And uh, she says, what are you talking about? He says, they told me that you died. 
And um, she says, I'm very much alive. He calls the Hever Kedisha, um, and he, he finds out that uh, she had a neighbor, and the neighbor had died, and somebody had made some, some confusion, and uh, obviously his mother was very much alive. Now, uh, I'll get into the Shaila in a second, but the Hashkacha Pratis is unbelievable. Uh, it turned out that this woman who died, she had a son who had gone off the derech and was very aggressive to her. Um, and he would tell her every time he would see her, he would say, you know, I'm going to cremate you after you die. Um, and, and he had a relationship with her, but he said, that's the right way, this is silly, this is whatever. And he would go on and on, and she spent time, it was known, she would daven, she would say to Hillen, and people would ask, what do you, you have such kavan? She said, I, I don't want to be uh, cremated, I want to be buried properly. And uh, by the time they realized that this was the woman, she was already, as they say, six feet underground, and this person could not cremate her. Uh, so it's just an unbelievable story of Hashkach Pratis. But uh, the, 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 the Shaila comes up like this. This uh, son, as soon as he realized that his mother was alive, he made, he made a bracha. He said a Shechayanu with Shemu Malchus. He, 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 he said a bracha. Shechayanu, Kimanu, Kimanu, Lazman, My mother's alive. And he was, uh, he was, he was so happy. Uh, and the reason this is a Shaila, um, well, we'll get into it. The Shaila is as follows. So just first I'll tell you that Zilberstein asked his brother-in-law, Rechaim Kanievsky, that's all. And Rechaim said, yeah, it's totally fine for him to make a Shech Yonu. Uh, the reason why it's a little bit of a Shaila is because um, <clears throat> the Yerushalmi seems to say, um, the Yerushalmi seems to say that we only, the Lashon of the Yerushalmi is we make a bracha, on, on good news, we make uh, on mitzvahs, we also make on a few other things. When it comes to good news, we only make on shmua tova me'eretz merchak. So a good, good tidings from a distant place. So uh, the reason maybe this is a little bit different is because uh, here you have a scenario where it's not, a, it's not good news from, from far away. It's that there was a mistake made. Uh, the, the news isn't really true in the first place, is you thought something was, was off, you thought something was bad, and then it turns out that it's, it just is what it is. Um, it, she's alive. You don't make a bracha on a random day that, uh, th- that you wake up and you say you're alive. We have other brachas, maybe we, may, maybe we say moda'ani, but we don't say shechayanu. And so th- this is the shaila. Uh, he brings from Rav Yerucham Fischl Perlau, who wrote on the uh, <clears throat> who wrote on the um, Rav Gon, uh, He wrote amazing svarim. So somewhere in the Miluim, it's mostly halach, it's mostly lamdis. But somewhere in the Miluim, he says uh, that's shot in Yaakov Avinu saying Baruch Shem Kulor Machzalam Ve'ed. What happened was that uh, <clears throat> Yaakov Avinu assumed all of his kids as he's dying. Uh, he, he brings them all together. He assumed they're all tzaddikim. There's no reason to assume not like that. But all of a sudden he became a because the Chazal say that the Shechina left him when he was trying to figure out the Akhras of Yom, the Shechina left him. And he thought that maybe there's a psul, just like Avram had a psul and, uh, in, in, uh, in Yishmoel, and Yitzchak had a psul in Esav. So he thought maybe there's a psul amongst us. And then uh, they, they said, no, Shema Yisrael, there's no psul amongst you. 
So, so Yaakov Avinu says Rav Yechonvishal Perlau. What did he say after Baruch Shem Kol Machzalam Ed? Rav Perlau says that why do you say Baruch Shem? Because he wasn't sure based on this Yerushalmi. On the one hand, he heard amazing news. On the other hand, it's what he assumed all along. He just thought for a second maybe he had lost that good news. So says Rav Yechonvishal Perlau that Yaakov Avinu made a Shechayanu, and then he said Baruch Shem just in case uh, it, it wasn't it, it wasn't appropriate. But he says that uh, that absolutely you can make uh, you can make the shechianu, okay? Um, that's a fascinating shot. And he says also that uh, for sure Yaakov Inu made a shechianu when he saw Yosef, even though it turned out in the end that he was wrong. He just he he thought something happened, but it really didn't. Um, he says for sure he made a shechianu to find out that he was alive. Um, and, and, and you could you could do the same thing. I think there's a beautiful muster over here that uh, I, I remember hearing from Ramosha Weinberger years ago that there was a lady who was was uh, called and told she had cancer and it was it was Tish above for the whole family. And a day later they called and they said, uh, we made a mistake and uh, you know the, your your blood test is completely fine. We're so sorry. He said it was it was Simcha's Torah, it was Purim, it was everything everything together. And, uh, you know, I think there's a muster here is that, you know, I guess any day that we wake up, we, we don't make the brach of Shekhyanu. But in theory, the simcha is so great that we have every right to make such. We have such a, uh, you know, if you really reflect on it, uh, it's no different than a day where you thought you were losing this and now you have it. Um, just one final thing. I'm sorry, sorry for going a little long, but uh, Rav, Rav Zilberstein brings from uh, Tshuva, Sisora's Tshuva, about somebody that they were told they won the lottery, they made a bracha, and then they were called up, uh, I don't think called up, but they were told that uh, it was a mistake, sorry, he didn't actually win. Um, and then they came back to them a day later and said, actually, we were, we were right the first time. You, 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 know, you won, and you won the lottery. And the Sora's Tshuva says, you make a Shechianu the second time as well, because you thought you lost it. And even though it was clarified that what you thought in the first place was actually the truth, but you thought you lost it, and now you got it again, and uh, therefore you can make a Shechianu. So, uh, you know, think about that. Maybe in your heart, make a Shechianu today for just uh, knowing that you're alive, and you have opportunity to be with family and friends and perform mitzvahs and all the good things. Shall be Zohar for many more years to come. Have a good Shabbos. Take care.